Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What would get people offline? What could keep them missing the rapture and even heaven? Second point, keep learning and obeying all the Bible. Paul would say to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Timothy, preach the word. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. As Christians, we all want to be part of the rapture, but we also want to see as many others going with us in the rapture as possible. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminds us to be teaching and preaching the Word of God. People need to hear the truth of His Word so they will believe and obey and continue believing and obeying. It's the preaching and teaching of God's Word that affects this. and We need to be instructing, reproving, correcting, and training in righteousness, just as 2 Timothy says. It's the truth of God's Word that will prepare His people for the rapture. Are you ready? Are you preparing others? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Understanding the Signs of the Times. If there's anything you want to pay attention to as a sign to the end times, keep your eye on Israel, Jerusalem, and the new temple that's going to be built in Jerusalem. You say, why? Well, because in the Middle East, God's people, God's land is the nation of Israel. Remember back in the old days, God, we talked about this last week, I'll go through it very quickly. God picked a group of people, took Abraham, and then he formed a nation, Israel. He gave them land, and he told them it would be theirs forever. Isn't it amazing they continue to give it back to the Arabs? Well, the reason it happened is, you remember the story, Abraham got ahead of God, and, and Isaac and Ishmael, that's where this whole war started. It's continuing today. This little teeny sliver of land. I mean, really sliver piece of land. Pastor Mark, you, you telling me I need to watch that because that's where biblical history is focused on? Exactly. Now, you remember when Jesus said in 70 AD the temple to be destroyed? Well, it was. Jerusalem was totally wiped out. People were scattered all around the world. And we see over and over in biblical history, we see that God was going to bring his people back to the nation of Israel. Back in the 30s and the 20s and the 1800 people laughed at it. Oh yeah, biblical prophecy, yes, yeah, sure, right. Na- Israel, scattered all of them, they're going to come back to the nation. They don't have any, they don't have a nation. They're going to be a nation again. What are you, crazy? 
In fact, look, I'm going to read you something. You want to write this verse down, Isaiah 66, 8, Isaiah 66, 8. Let me read you from Old Testament, a thousand years before all of this happened, the temple was destroyed and Israel was disbanded. Listen to what it says. Who has ever seen or heard of anything as strange as this? Has a nation ever been born in a single day? Has a country ever come forth in a mere moment? But by the time Jerusalem's birth pains begin, the baby will be born. The nation will come forth. So Isaiah said there's a day that man has never seen that the nation of Israel will be born in a day. Now that's ridiculous. Except it happened. In 1948... In one day, the nation of Israel, by UN Charter, was given their land back. In one day. Do you know what happened on that day? I was reminded of it. I've forgotten. On that day in 1948, when Israel became a nation again, every Arab country around them entered to destroy them. See, the battle for Israel will never, ever end. It's the Arabs against Israel. Arabs are being ruled by Satan. Satan hates God's people. Satan hates the land of Israel. But God said, I will protect my people and my land. Now let me explain something to you. God does not hate Arabs. We don't hate Arabs. We don't hate Muslims. We love Muslims. We love Arabs. God does. He died for the whole world. So we pray for all people. See, God loves them. But God told us, instructed us as believers, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Do you know that the Jews in Jerusalem today are basically agnostics? The majority of Jews in Israel don't believe the Bible, don't practice the Bible, could care less about Jesus, have nothing to do with biblical prophecy. Well, then why would God protect these Because during the tribulation, their eyes are going to be opened. And millions of Jews are going to come to the Lord. Some do now. We have messianic things. But millions are going to come to the Lord. Who's the main enemy of Israel? Do you think it's Iraq? No, you're wrong. The country you want to look toward is Iran. Iran is the main enemy in in the Middle East of Israel. They hate Israel. I don't have time this morning, just do a little study in Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39, and you're going to see there's a war coming at the beginning of the tribulation where Russia and many of these middle nations are going to come against Israel. God's going to destroy them and keep them from taking Israel. That's not the battle of Armageddon. That's just a prelude of what's going to happen. Guys, it's lining up perfectly. Now let's go back to the next one. It is not a war about oil. It is not a war about money. It is not a war about politics. It's a spiritual war. The goal, we will not be satisfied until we wipe Israel off the map. That's their goal. That's the goal of all of these people. Now, is God going to allow it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Let me show you what it'll be like after the millennium or toward the millennium. Here's another verse. Watch this. Amos 9. I love it. This is the final fulfillment of God's prophecy. All through the Bible, he says, I'm going to make sure that the land that I gave to Abraham is going to be Israel's. Notice what it says. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands. And they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. This is prophecy. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Then they will never be uprooted 
again. Now you tell me, do you think the land of Israel will always be God's land and he'll be there? Absolutely. Well, who said so? Hello, God did. Well, how does he know the future? Duh. So watch Israel. By the way, in 1967, Jerusalem was taken by the Jews. And where is Jesus going to come back in that second coming? He's going to plant his feet right on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And it's going to be his city. Then, you've heard of it, the Battle of Armageddon. All, it's not one battle, it's many battles are going to happen. And God's going to defeat all the enemies. As you pick up your paper, we're right in the middle of this. We're smack dab in the middle of this. This is what's happening. Things are going to get worse. Pestilences and war. The Roman Empire is already forming in Europe. We have all, you know, the little things in the chips and what. It's all in front of us. Antichrist is getting ready to come. Well, if you think of all that and you have all that in your mind, how do you live? I tell you what I do. Every night I take a Xanax. When I go to bed and I'm tossing and turning, my wife said, will you get up and get up, Xanax? I can't, the world's going to hell. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I, I got to watch the news all night long. What's going to happen over in Israel? There's war. The, do I have a pestilence? Is that a disease there? Is that just a pimple? I, man, I'm just concerned. I, man, what are we going to do? I don't know what that's going to change. Take your Xanax. Will you go to bed? Hmm. No, that's not true. But how do, seriously, how do we live? I'm going to give you five ways. Let's turn back to the book of Matthew chapter 16. How should we live? Jesus leaves the Pharisees. Down in verse 5. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. So they're talking about this and Jesus says this. Be careful. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they discussed him among themselves and said, Jesus mad at us because we didn't bring bread? You see, they didn't get it at all. They're thinking about bread. Jesus is talking not physical, but spiritual. He doesn't care about bread. I mean, these guys are amazing. And so notice he says, beware of the leaven or the yeast of the religious leaders. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. Both the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who were the religious leaders of the Jews, had infected those true beliefs from the Bible with this false doctrine. No longer was there any really much truth in what they were teaching. Oh, they had the truth, but they wouldn't teach it. The Pharisees themselves were legalists. We've studied that enough. You know them. There was obedience to the law. The traditions of man, outward, external, would please God. They ignored the heart of man. It was dead religion. Well, the Sadducees were worse. We have them today. The Sadducees were Jewish people, only believed in the first five books of the Bible. They were liberal people. They believed, well, there was no such thing as the resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death. They certainly didn't believe in anything supernatural. They never even believed in angels. So what do you have? Look at this mixture. The Jewish people, are here's what they're teaching, they're hearing. Dead religion, external stuff, just go through your thing, that's the way you please God. Well, there's no death, just live however you want to, it doesn't matter, angels, supernatural, no, there's no supernatural stuff. When you die, no, 
So Jesus says, hey, I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about one thing, spiritual teaching. I want you to scoot on down, and then I'm going to come back to this point. Look at as they go along. Verse 8, and among their discussion, Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves as having no bread? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand what I'm talking to you about bread? Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. First point, how do we live? Here's how we live. Remember that the real you is spiritual. The real you is spiritual. Yes, you have a body. Yes, your body wants to eat bread. But the real you is spiritual. After you die, you will live somewhere forever. You see, Jesus is trying to say to the disciples, hey, I'm trying to give you a spiritual lesson, but you're only thinking on the level of material things. Somebody one day will do your memorial. Somebody will do mine. See, the real you is spiritual. All the neat stuff, oh, it's good, family and kids and and lots of stuff and a home. It's good stuff, good stuff, nothing wrong with that. It's all gone. The real you is in heaven. If not, in Hades. You see, Jesus is trying to bring us back with all these signs and all this stuff happening. We can get unbalanced. What's the latest sign? What's happening in Israel? Tell me, is it a temple building? Is it 666? Where's that? Relax. Yes, be alert. But the one thing you want to be is ready for Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. Because that's God's got everything else in control. Relax. So the first thing you have to remember today is the real you is spiritual. At the end of this teaching, remember, they're worrying about bread. We forgot the bread. What did Jesus say? Oh, you have little faith. Faith is spiritual. Remember, to be Christian, you have to have faith. You got to picture this. I'm here and I say, I just got back with Jesus. And I said, Jesus, man, we forgot bread and we can't feed all 12 of us. Jesus goes, uh, duh. The bread factory is standing in front of you. <laughs> Do you get it? I mean, he just took five loaves and two fish and made what? Fed 25,000. Hello, what are you worried about? Let me ask you today, what are you worried about? Only thing to focus on is the spiritual. Then look at the last verse, verse 12. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast and the bread, but against, circle it, the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What would be a tremendous danger in the last days? What would get people offline? What could keep them missing the rapture and even heaven? Second point, keep learning and obeying all the Bible. Paul would say to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Timothy, preach the word. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. You see, that's what the yeast of the Pharisees was about. Their teaching was to please men. In this passage that I just read you, I highlighted one line. Here it is. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to right teaching. I talked about homosexuality, dishonesty, living, having sex and living in before you get married and just a million other things. Say, well, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to go live my own lifestyle. Oh, you will find a church that won't ever address sin. They'll never address being right with God. 
but it's the yeast of the Pharisees. It will keep you from heaven. You don't see me hellfire and brimstone, but I will preach all the word of God in love. Why? Why? Because your destiny is dependent on it. Dependent on it. God gave us his word to live right, to think right. Satan loves to dilute and deny the word of God. Be careful what you're listening to. Number three, be a committed follower of Jesus. Be hot for God. Now that sounds strange, doesn't it? Be hot for God. The Bible tells us in the last days there'll be an incredible falling away. People will get caught up in the material things of the world. They'll become lukewarm believers and some will abandon the faith. The world is quickly fulfilling biblical prophecy. One day the rapture will occur. Beware of the signs of the times we're living in. Don't be skeptical. Don't be, well, Pastor Mark, I've heard been in the church a long time and I heard the rapture was coming 20 years ago and it hasn't come so I'm just fine. You're a fool. Be careful that these signs have no impact on you. Hey, that was cool. Nice. How does it apply to me? It doesn't apply to me at all. Then your heart is dangerously hard. Guys, we have to be hot for God. It's time to get involved in the Father's business. That's what Jesus was saying. Careful you don't get deceived. Romans 13, 11 says this. Basically, it says in the middle of this, wake up. For the coming of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Time is running out. One day this world will change forever. And we need to be ready. Number four, encourage one another. You see, living in the last days can be depressing. It can be a little bit unsettling. But God told us we have hope. We know from the Bible what's going to happen in the end. We know what's going to happen to each one of us. We can be confident. I can live expectantly knowing what exactly is going to happen. I'm ready for the rapture. God's already taken care of me. I've accepted him as my personal savior. Doesn't matter when the rapture comes for me. No, I'm not perfect, but I'm saved. And I don't worry about these things. Why does it, why did I say encourage one another? Because remember, some are going to fall away. How do we encourage one another? Well, the writer of the Hebrews says this in Hebrews 10, 25. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Some people just, well, got to get out to my parking place. God, help us. You be hot for God. You find a place we can encourage one another and love one another and support one another. Amen. You say, well, I'm just going to watch it by the internet. We love the internet. It's great. But you can't get a hug by the internet. By the way, in case you say, well, why should I be encouraged? Well, because God's in full control. Did you know God's in full control? Relax. There's a verse we use. By the way, God's greater than whatever. God's greater. He says this in Jeremiah 29. I know I have plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope. And a future. You know, as a Christian, I have hope for today, and I have an incredible future coming. I'm going to be in the new heavens and the new earth forever. We won't do this again. You only get one time at it. There's only one chance. And this is what we're doing right now. So that's how I live. And the last one is number five. We need to share the good news to our world. Understand this morning that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were blind to spiritual truths. Most churches never teach 
on prophecy. Many of you have never even heard anything on the book of Revelation. You were told, in fact, some of you never to open that book. Well, if I read the first chapter of Revelation, it says anybody that reads this book is going to be blessed. See, when the rapture happens, boom, and we're gone. What are people going to think? Your neighbors are gone. This is gone. That's gone. They don't know. So we have to share the truth. That's why we're here as a church. People will live somewhere in eternity. So the next thing that's going to happen on the prophetic scene is the rapture of the church. It can happen instantaneously. It will happen at any time. One last passage. Here it is. We're almost done. Matthew 24. I want you to read this and see this. In a moment, I don't want anybody leaving. I want you to find yourself in this. Watch. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. So nothing wrong with partying and weddings and all. It just means that people were totally unaware that the rapture was going to happen. They weren't ready for Christ. Notice what it says. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill or walking at the mall. One will be taken, the other left. In our homes... In the bedroom of a husband and wife, one will be taken, the other left. In some of our homes, the parents will get up that morning to go get their children. The children are gone. The parents are here. That's what's going to happen. You see, some were not ready. It's too late. Now they must go through, at best, the tribulation. When the rapture occurs, there's not going to be this Fox News alert. Rapture's coming. (laughs) See, some of you have that idea today. I can get ready when the rapture's coming. Greg Laurie has a great illustration. Let me give it to you, and then we're going to close. You say, well, I've got the words all ready for my salvation thing when, when the rapture occurs. God, forgive me and take me to heaven. Now, how quick is the rapture? Let me... It says in the twinkling of an eye, twinkling of an eye is a one one thousandth of a second. Let's see how you do. Okay, let's practice it all. Okay, I'm ready. The rapture just occurs. God help me and take me to heaven. Too slow. Okay, let's try it again. God help me. Too slow. God help. Too slow. God too slow. We laugh, but you'll never make it. He said, sir, I'll just go through the tribulation, then I'll get become a Christian then. You have no idea what you just said. If listen very closely, if you can't serve Jesus Christ now. You'll never make it in the tribulation. Why? Because you will be martyred for the faith. You will not take the 666. You will not take the mark of the beast. And you will be hunted down like an animal. Why would you wait? Today is the day of salvation. Are you ready for the rapture? Are your loved ones ready? Are people you live and work around ready? In today's message, Pastor Mark shared the importance of being ready for the rapture and helping others around us to be ready. We need to be learning and obeying all of the Bible so that we're ready when God calls us to be with Him. Jesus is coming. We need to teach God's Word to all who will hear so they will be ready when the signless rapture occurs. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. What is the church? Is it a building, a club, a social group, or is it a group of people who have committed their lives to Christ? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark explores this thing called the church. How did it get started? And upon what is it built? And he explains that at the heart of the church is an important question. A question first proposed to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? So what's your answer? You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living. And together, let's do life right. Here